This is The Odds Couple, presented by PropSwap.com, where America buys and sells sports bets. The Odds Couple, with Chicago radio legend Mike North and midday host Carmen DeFalco on ESPN 1000. And away we go inside the odds couple presented by PropSwap. Mike North and Carmen DeFalco. And are we loaded today? Week 7 in the NFL. The Bears playing in primetime for the second straight week on Monday night. Week 8 in college. ALCS. NLCS. Underway. The NBA season. Underway. Bulls shooting for a 2-0 start without Zach Levine. And we have a huge trade in the NFL that happened during Thursday night football last night. And what do you know? The Cardinals won a game in Arizona for the first time in like a full calendar year. So we have so much to talk about. It is a pleasure as always to be alongside you, Mike. And we uh, we got a lot to get after in this week's edition of the show. That's for sure. Yeah, rarity. I mean, uh, as far as the odds couple's concerned, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we did have a, a, a minus week for uh, a change. We don't have many. Nope. Uh, if you've been following us for the last four years, you're up so much money, it's embarrassing. You don't even want to talk about it in public. They think you're lying. Uh, but uh, we were, uh, Carmen was one and one. Uh, Randy was one and two. I was one and two. I got screwed by the Saints just completely. Oh, watch yeah. that whole oh, game. Yeah. And watch a guy go down the sidelines for 60 yards at the end of the game Brutal. with a little effort. Uh, but I did have uh, the Steelers. I mean, Mitch bails me out again, for yep. God's sake. And they beat Tampa Bay and uh, the nonsense with Tom Brady going to the craft wedding. But I want to welcome everybody in because we don't have two losing weeks in a row, ladies and gentlemen. That's right. We're going to get back on the winning track for sure. We are going to give you best plays a little bit later. We'll talk to Luke Pergandy. We will get some ponies from Jim Miller. Um, we'll get into Bears and Patriots on Monday night in just a little bit here, but it's probably uh, apropos for us to start with the big news that kind of shook up the NFL last night, and that is this Christian McCaffrey deal to mm-hmm. the 49ers. It looks like he's going to play Sunday in a pretty big showdown as the Niners host the Chiefs. Um, what I read this morning was, Mike, that at, at the very least they're going to have some goal line packages for him because he's got to get up to speed pretty quick. He's not going to get 20 touches or 25 touches, I wouldn't think, but maybe some goal line stuff. Hasn't really done anything to the number, as you'd expect. 49ers at home, about a two-and-a-half-point underdog against the Chiefs, a rematch of the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. And a game that was already a little interesting just got a little more so, I guess, with the Christian McCaffrey edition. Yeah, Charlotte uh, or Carolina's plus 200 now uh, to have the least amount of wins since Mm. they got rid of McCaffrey. McCaffrey, to me, I I thought he should have won a Heisman uh, at least one of the two years that he was an All-American for. And I know won it uh, one year. I forget who won it the other year. It doesn't matter. Uh, I think the kid, he's missed 23 games uh, the last few years. He's injured a lot. Uh, But if you use him in the passing game, he's as good as anybody. He's as good as most receivers. His father has lineage with John Lynch. Uh, They played at Denver together. So I happen to like the deal, but I think they might have given up too much. He's a guy, like I said, that's missed a lot of action. Uh, But that being said, they're going for it. I just wonder how this was supposed to pan out if Trey Lance was playing. They might be 1-4, 1-5 right now, and Mm. would they have even bothered uh, to to go for it? But now they have come to their senses, and, uh, you know, even with the Bear game, which set them back, they've come to their senses, and Jimmy G was always, at least on this show, Forget about 90% of the shows around the world and in the communist block countries that were against it. <laughs> Carmen and I, 
were for Jimmy G from the beginning. We were baffled. We were bewildered and also in awe of that decision. And you know what? I think they're going for it now, yeah. and they know they got it, everything going for them. Uh, but it's still going to be tough, and McCaffrey's got to stay healthy. He's got to stay healthy. I guess it's a little bit of a win when you consider they didn't have to give up a first-round pick. I couldn't imagine a team giving up a first-round pick for any running back. But they gave up three for Lance. They did. Well, yeah, that's they gave them all up already for Lance. Right. That's true. So I think you're right. They're kind of in all-in mode. Uh, we'll see how this works. I don't think it changes the handicap too much for Sunday's game. Uh, I think what's killing the Niners right now is what always kills the Niners, and it's the injuries. Yeah. Uh, Kinlaw's going to be out again. Bosa and Armstead uh, were mm-hmm. back practicing this week. I guess Jimmy Ward wants to play, but if he does, one of their corners, he's going to have a club on his hand. Traverius Ward missed practice time this week. And now Hufanga, the guy who looks like Troy Polamalu all of a sudden in their defensive mm-hmm. backfield, is in, concu- uh, in concussion protocol. So monitor the injuries, folks. There are just a lot of them for the 49ers. It's probably the biggest thing that's going to sway people to bet one way or another on and, this game on Sunday. And uh, the line uh, for them to win it went from 25 to 16. To yeah, win. that's right. Yep. Even down so to... They, they dropped nine yeah. with the signing of McCaffrey just overnight. Even down to 14 to 1 in some spots yeah. I saw this morning. You're absolutely right. That right. line for the Super Bowl we're talking about, obviously, yep. the Niners to win the Super Bowl has dropped. One last thing on this game, uh, Kyle Shanahan getting points. Mike and I have talked about this over the years. Much better spot for uh, Shanahan here getting points, not uh, necessarily laying them 28 and 18 against the spread as a dog under Shanahan in San Francisco. Not nearly as impressive at home, 9 and 7 ATS, but still. Uh, winning numbers across the board when they take points. So factor and, that yeah, in. Yeah, they're hand. taking yeah. points, though, against uh, Kansas City. Right. And the unknown is McCaffrey. How's he going to pan out? How's it going to work? Uh, I was leaning Kansas City, but this is a stay away right now. Mm. Yeah, probably for me, yep. too. Yeah, absolutely. We'll see. Uh, Unless the day of the week goes good. And then, uh, you know, you got some extra change in your pocket just to put it down, like Carmen says, couch change or whatever. Yeah, maybe if it gets to a key number and something like that, you can keep monitoring that situation. And like I said, everybody, monitor. As Mike and I are recording Friday, we don't know the injury reports yet uh, for the, you know, out on the West Coast, obviously. Mm -hmm. We don't know that right now, but all kinds of banged up injured players. Uh, Bosa trending in a pretty good direction. Mm -hmm. Trent Williams is. Those are important things to follow, but still a lot of key injuries. They're healthy. They're as good as anybody. They are. I agree with you. Uh, Bears and Patriots on Monday night. That's going to wrap week seven. The Patriots laying about seven and a half, eight points at home against the Bears. Since Super Bowl 20, the Bears are just one and eight straight up against the Patriots. They are 0 and four all time in New England. As head coach of the Pats, Bill Belichick is 32 and 14 straight up in Gillette Stadium against the NFC. So a lot of numbers that don't bode well for the Bears going in, but can they keep it within a touchdown? That's always the key when we talk about the point spreads. And maybe, just maybe, the Bears can keep it within a touchdown with a little extra time to prepare coming off their mini-bye as they go to New England on Monday night, Mike. You know when you're good is when, you know what, you can get me to bite, to get me a little bit upset with uh, the content that you delivered, okay? In other words, I used to do the same thing. I don't care if it's Hub, if it's Dan, uh, if it's Carmen, if it's me. We've all pissed somebody off from the in the media sure. one time or another. So I'm watching uh, Kay Adams, who I like mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah. And, uh, I don't watch the NFL Network anymore because basically Kay's not on there. And besides that, Burleson's gone also. But she was on with uh, uh, another uh, a reporter, Carmen Vitale. Okay, and they're talking about the Bears, and 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 Kay goes, 
Why do you think Bear fans are unhinged? I don't think we're unhinged. I think we have strong opinions about the way things have gone, Mm -hmm. whether it be the quarterback situation or anything else. But also, uh, Carmen said, and you could uh, check them out at Kay Adams or at Carmen Vitale uh, on Twitter. She said, well, this was the way it was supposed to go. Didn't Bear fans know this? And you know what? I understand. But she said basically that the 49ers should have beat the Bears. And I say, no, you didn't watch the game. They started Trey Lance. They played on the road, and there was bad weather. Okay? It was perfect for the Bears. Great game call by Eberflus. They should have also beat Washington. So they should be 3-3 three and three regardless of the narrative. Wouldn't you agree, Carm? I could say, I mean, they could easily, they could probably should have beat the Giants just as easily Absolutely. as they should have beat Washington. So they should be 3-3, three and three, and my point is, if, if, if we're doing the shows in New York, okay, the Giants' narrative was they were going to be lousy. Yes. They're 5-1. and one. 100%. So what would you say if you were reporting on the Giants? Well, you know what, things aren't going according to plan, folks. The Giants are winning? No, I, the same thing goes for Atlanta. So why couldn't the Bears be somewhat of an Atlanta-New York Giant thing? I'm not saying they're better, but I'm saying the Bears should be, if, and, and this one play is going to stick out in my head, Justin Field overthrowing the tight end. If he hits yeah. that tight end, we're 3-3, three and three, and we're, we're right in the wild card chase as it is. If Mooney doesn't bob the, bo- bobble the ball, they win that game. I'll tell you right now, I love the Bears in this spot. Do plus you? eight. Plus the eight. Plus the eight. It is a lot of points. It's juicy. I love the Bears in the spot. Yeah, I'm going to pick more. I really feel good. I had a good ending uh, on the weekend with a lot of the pools I'm in. I love the Bears in this okay. spot getting the it. eight. I think Justin Field and them, you know, they're going to be – they've had some time to prepare. They've had some time to digest that mm-hmm. that loss. So I'm going to just right now give out a pick. I'm taking the Bears. Love the passion for that one. All right. Yep. There you go. Early pick. We've got more best plays a little bit later. Got to do come... something to keep them on, keep them on the line, right? right? Keep... It's, it's called trickery, ladies That's exactly and gentlemen. Right. Yeah, that's keep right. them on the hook. Uh, when we come back, <laughs> we're going to talk to our great friend, Luke Pergandy. We, Yurko and I had Luke on earlier in the week, mm-hmm. and we we're talking about this Phillies ticket that we have. Sure. We can talk more about that with Luke and some of the hot stuff now that the NBA season is tipped off. We'll get ponies from Jim Miller, our best plays. And we have a ton of NFL and college games that we want to work through for everybody. So don't go anywhere. We're coming right back inside the Odds Couple presented by PropSwap. This is the Odds Couple on ESPN 1000. This is the Odds Couple with Mike North and Carmen DeFalco on ESPN 1000. We're streaming on the all-new ESPN Chicago app. Welcome back inside the Odds Couple presented by PropSwap. Mike North, Carmen DeFalco with you on the ESPN Chicago app every week. You'll get the encore replay Saturday morning, 8 to 9, as you're driving around, running errands, taking the kids to fall ball and football and soccer. 8 to 9 on ESPN 1000. It's that time of the show where we say hi to one of our favorite guests that joins us every week. And, uh, look, I know there's probably people running to, to do something with their 49ers tickets, as Mike and I talked about. Their odds have come down after last night's big trade. But uh, let's get down to brass tacks. We have to find out what I should do with this Phillies ticket we're sitting on. Let's bring him in, the one and only Luke Pergandy, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, please give Carmen Hey, guys. So hey, Carmen. Hey, Mike. Hey, Luke. buddy. How are you, pal? We uh, we talked to you on the Carmen and Yurko show earlier in the week. That was before the series started. Phillies went up one nothing. They blew a 4 nothing lead in Game 2. Had they won, we were definitely going to post the ticket because we had figured then just by the odds, if they had gone down to like 2-1 to one to win the World Series, someone might offer us a couple of grand for this ticket that pays 4200 bucks. 
What do we do here? If they win tonight and they have a lead, do we think about posting it? And do you think we could get somewhere close to maybe $2,000 on the Phillies? We've got them at 28 to 1 right Ooh. now. So it collects 4200 Correct. Yeah, so if they win tonight, so they're about plus 350 now. Mm-hmm. If they win tonight, they'll probably be around plus 275, maybe 2-1. to one. Like, the issue is the other side of the bracket, right? The issue is the Astros just look like a wagon. They do. Right now. Um, so that's, that's the issue, and that's why the odds aren't going down, even if they do win tonight, which I think they will, but obviously it's playoff baseball, so who knows. But, um, you know, they'll go down to around plus 275 if they win this evening. So, you know, you're looking at divided by um, – fours and that'd be worth around a thousand so you know if for easy numbers say they're three to one you'd have to bet a thousand to pay a ticket that pays four thousand yep right you wager a thousand you get three times your money gets a thousand back that's four thousand dollars you may be um, able to even sell it tonight at before the game if you wanted to it doesn't matter you'd make more if you get the win with philly tonight which i happen to think they're going to win but I think even if you wanted to put it up beforehand, Carb, you might make and, more money, right? But not as much. Yeah, I mean, like we always discuss, guys, like I would post it during the game. Yeah. Because right. if this team, if they jump out to a lead, we have people buy tickets all the time in game. So post post it like, you know, in the first inning or even now, and just post it for, you know, $1,600 and see what Let's happens. See. We, yeah. we yeah. sell tickets all the time for above market value. And certainly in the game, if the Phillies do jump out to a lead, that might be a fair price. But they, of course, could still lose just because they're winning in the first or second inning. Um, So that'd be my advice. Well, I'll I'll give some people some advice, too. If you had San Francisco at 25 to Mm -hmm. 1, put your ticket up for sale. (laughs) It's down 16 to 1. Everybody's excited. I understand that. But to get to the Super Bowl, they still have a lot of hurdles. You can make that money, if I'm not mistaken. And if I'm wrong, Luke will help me out. You make some money off your ticket, then you buy another ticket if you'd like. Right, Luke? Isn't that what you would do? Would you get rid of the ticket right now, or would you hang on to it for a week or two? The nine, I like the Niners. Um, mm-hmm. The Eagles are better than them at this point, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what to do with Green Bay. They look, they look confused out there. Um, they do, you know. But uh, I, yeah, I the, the Eagles are definitely the best team in the NFC. There's no doubt about that. Um, I think they would be in Philadelphia. They would probably be a three and a half point favorite against the Niners. You know, um, mm-hmm. I don't, yeah. So, yeah, my my advice would be get, flip get the rid Niners of it. ticket. If you, yeah, go ahead, Mike. Get rid of it. Yeah, flip the Niners ticket now. Again, like when tickets improve in value, why not take some money off the table and then just go reinvest in that team? Like you get the best of both worlds. Take some profit and then just go reinvest in that team, so that if they do win the Super Bowl, you're still happy. Luke, what um what happens in a longer season like an NBA season? You know, we we talk about the start of the NFL season and how the overreactions happen pretty fast because it's seventeen mm-hmm. games. What about the NBA? Like uh, the Sixers, who have faced two very difficult opponents, maybe the two best teams in the league for crying out loud. They're zero and two, or somebody mm-hmm. that starts two and zero. Like, are the reactions the same? Do the markets move as much, and do those tickets get posted as frequently um, with the longer seasons like the NBA? Now that it has started this week. No, overreaction is king in the NFL, for sure. The most overreaction happens in the National Football League. The, there's less overreaction in basketball, just because to your point, it's an 82-game season versus 17 games. 
Uh, and there's just more eyeballs on every every matchup in the NFL. You just you know everyone kind of freaks out after each win or loss. So way more overreaction in the NFL than the NBA. No, I so I mean the Lakers, for example, mm-hmm. they were twenty seven to one. Wow, I mean they're they're thirty six to one now. The Lakers are Lakers are twenty seven to one mm-hmm. before the season started, like you know Tuesday. Yep, and now they're thirty six to one. So I guess in that example, there was a reaction. They look terrible. Yeah, and also yeah. Philadelphia, the over under for them was fifty and a half, and uh, right. I took the under for that because uh, I just see that they have holes on defense, and I'm also going to make a a little bit of a I don't know if he's a top three candidate to be fired, but I I'm anxious um, to see where Doc Rivers is going to be at the end of the year. Uh, Mike, I think he's the number one candidate yeah. to be fired. They don't have their uh, defense uh, looks bad. Harden, no. I don't know what he's going to do. I love Doc. Idiot. It pains um, me to say it. I love Doc Rivers, but I, I would put if yep. you're asking where's the money got to go, the money's got to go on Doc Rivers yep. to be the first coach fired. Yeah, there's no doubt. Totally incredible roster. Joel Embiid is is the top five player in my opinion in the NBA and. Um, James Harden's one of the best scorers. Like, if you can't win with this roster, I, you, you you must blame the coach. Tyrese Maxey's a killer. Like, he's, yes. he he took such a step forward last year. And um, yeah, I completely agree. If, you, if you're not winning with this team, this this is the coach's fault. Yeah, and I think the leash might not be all that long either. So we'll see. Luke, thanks as always, buddy. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you next Friday. Thanks. Bye, guys. Have a good weekend. Bye, buddy. <laughs> Get rid of the South 49ers. guy. Luke Pergandy, at Luke Pergandy on Twitter. I was thinking Instagram. about Philadelphia. I mean, really, I know if they lose the quarterback, they're in some trouble. Yes. But that's a team that seems like even if they lost their quarterback for a couple weeks, they're so good on both sides of the ball, maybe they could withstand it, sort of like Dallas did uh, for so long, you know. But, yeah, they're the best team in the NFC right now. No question. But Minnesota's sneaky good, like you like to say. Minnesota is interesting, you know. I mean, I, I think they're they're they've got an all worldwide receiver and they got a lot of weapons on that offense. Yep. Cousins, all cousins. I mean, that's the yep. thing that I think might always hold them back. But it's just a wide open, topsy turvy NFC outside of the Eagles and a healthy Niners team. I just don't know who's good. Um, I mean, let's take the Packers for example. And if you were listening last week, Mike and I kind of gave you the lean yep. uh, on the Jets. Uh, it no just doubt. it didn't seem right that a team like the Jets that was basically toe to toe in all the key metrics and all the differentials with the Packers getting a touchdown. They didn't only cover, they went in there and they won outright. Now the Packers go on the road to Washington as a four and a half point favorite. Commanders at home catching four and a half. Totals 41 and a half. Green Bay's just one in three against the number as a favorite this season. The only uh, game they covered was the Bear game in week two. In Washington, Mike, they got to go back to Taylor Heineke. Mm. Carson Wentz is out with the uh, broken finger that he suffered in the they Bears game. They might be better off. They might be. I mean, he's been feisty for them. You know? Didn't they? I mean, last year he played well. And he covered some games for yeah. them. And you're like, Rodgers is nursing this thumb injury now. Cobb and Watson didn't practice most of the week. There just aren't that many explosive plays in the Packers offense. The defense, as we outlined for you last week, mm-hmm. has not been as good as people think. And I don't know that I want to lay... You know, anything more than a field goal with a team that's 23rd in EPA per play right now, 24th in points per game, and just middle of the pack in red zone efficiency and uh, third down conversion percentage. It's a tough week in the NFL, folks. It's going to be tough. I looked at this whole – there's one game worth, in my opinion, 
sticking your neck out for Washington with, uh, don't forget, have the players stop listening to Rivera. Now that you got this new quarterback, will it infuse them a little bit? Is Green Bay finally going to have a decent game? Is Rodgers going to jump back? This is a stay away for me. No doubt about it. I'm not touching this game. Lions are back in action uh, after a bye, and they got whooped last time we saw them by the New England Patriots. They got shut out 29 nothing, and it was an offense that really had been humming through the first month of the season. The interesting storyline here is they go on the road to the Cowboys in Big D, and Dak is back. How healthy is his thumb? We'll see. Cowboys land a touchdown here. Um, Lions, like I said, extra time trying to get healthy. DJ Chark probably going to miss another week, but I think it's good that they had extra time to get Amon Ross St. Brown healthy. He was a full go at practice on Thursday. DeAndre Swift was limited, but is trending towards a return. Is there any value in the in the Lions here coming off of a bye, catching a full touchdown in Dallas? And no, the only value is right now Campbell could be in danger. We're talking about coaches like Doc Rivers being in trouble. Campbell came on like a renegade the first, you know, you know what I'm saying, the first year, sure. and now it's not working out. Now, uh, they're getting seven. I don't think there's any value either way. I could see him winning. I could see Dallas winning by 15. I could see uh, Detroit covering the game and only losing by four. Will Detroit win the game? I don't think so. It might be a money line play if you're going to do anything. I'm not going to do anything on this game. Lions have been a feisty dog here going back to the start of last season. 13-7 and against the number one taking points. And it's strength on strength. The one thing you want to be able to do is protect your quarterback when you face Dallas. Dallas, of course, uh, Dallas's D-line, highest adjusted sack rate in the NFL at 10.4%. But the Lions' O-line has the best adjusted sack rate in the NFL at only 3.3%. So that's a good sign when you go into a game against the Cowboys on the road or otherwise. When we come well, you back, got Micah Parsons. So he's unbelievable, about him. He's so unbelievable. He's like the LT or what have you of this generation. So that adds a little bit of an element. Absolutely. All right, when we come back, we're going to uh, talk about some more games with you. we got lots of college and pro games to try to work through. We'll get Jim Miller up in a little bit. He's got ponies for everybody. Don't go anywhere. We're coming right back inside the Odds Couple presented by PropSwap. This is the Odds Couple on ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. This is the Odds Couple with Chicago radio legend Mike North and midday host Carmen DeFalco. The Odds Couple on ESPN 1000. Yeah, every week we're with you. Ever miss anything, just go back and check out the podcast on the ESPN Chicago app. You'll get the Encore replay every Saturday morning from 8 to 9. Follow us on Twitter. Mike's at North to North. I'm at Carmen DeFalco. Normally we save Jimmy Miller for uh, the... We save the best for last. The last segment of the show, Jimmy had to pop on with us a little early, so we're going to get some ponies now. I mean, all he does is win. He's one of the best in the business. He is at Hawthorne Jim on Twitter. Make sure you follow him for great advice. You can ask him questions there. And he is the expert handicapper over at Hawthorne Racecourse. Jim Miller joins Jim, hey! How are you, Jim? Boys, a win, a second and a third last week. So another good week selecting horses, which is good. It's been better than what a lot of people are doing for football because, man, the league has been tough. But at least horses have been good to us so far. Two weeks out from uh, Breeders' Cup at Keeneland, is that right? Yep, two weeks out from Breeders' Cup. uh, Pre-entries are going to come out next week, and then the official entries the uh, week prior. But I'll tell you, it's lining up to be a very good Breeders' Cup because really, aside from Flightline and the Classic, all the other divisions are going to be wide open. And the Breeders' Cup, you get a lot of really good horses at really good prices. And this is something where you can pre-wager it, too. When you get the day out from Breeders' Cups, you can wager the day before for each card. But it's going to be a really good lineup of races. And when you see these lineups, uh, will you see uh, prospect 
active or prospects uh, for the Kentucky Derby, for the Preakness? For you're, the yeah, you're definitely going to see that. Yeah, the, the juvenile races always, and that's the race that you want to look at is the juvenile because that's really the, that first two-turn race where the horses from each coast are coming together and going out there and kind of trying to prove who's going to be that early favorite looking forward towards the Kentucky Derby. And then the big question is going to be, Mike, and we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, Bob Baffert, you know, is going to have some of these horses in these races. What's going to happen when you get around to the Derby? Are they going to have to transition to another barn again? Are they going to stay with Baffert? So that's going to be the big question that follows up. So he'll have horses in the Breeders' Cup. Correct. Yep. So he, what, what was the deal? He was barred from nothing not, 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 right. from Churchill. So not yep. the Kentucky, you know, race. Right. Though. Okay, just from Churchill. What a joke that is. Number yeah, one, man, but number it's two, weird. the fact is, Bafford, Even if they pretend, or even if they, he'll have say no matter where the horses go. In my opinion, don't you think, Jimmy? They'll transition to another barn, exactly, and that's what mm-hmm. was happening in the past. They went over to the barn of Tim Yachtin, who was a guy who was an assistant for Baffert for a long time. So. You're going to get basically the, the same oversight. It's just going to be a different name on the program. All right, full card for you guys this weekend at Hawthorne. I mean, it's going to be a beautiful weekend, it looks like, yeah, too. Gonna... So get out uh, racing this weekend uh, at Hawthorne. You can also uh, obviously take uh, part of all the fun that's happening watching games in the Points Bet Sportsbook. But, uh, yeah, this is going to be a gorgeous weekend for racing, I would think, Jim. It is, and, and it's the good thing about it is we're still on the turf course. We'll be on the turf all the way through Thanksgiving, barring anything crazy weather-wise. But it is. It's a really good weekend for racing. We're going home cooking again because we had success last week. So three races at Hawthorne on Saturday. All of these horses bet across the board. To start in race three, this is our stake race on the card. Bet the four, Ovoir across the board, a horse that's been really good this year. Race five, bet the two, Alquani across the board on the stretch and distance. And then in race six, bet the four, Stallone across the board on the turf. And you could get some value, especially with those last two. All right, so the third race at Hawthorne, that's the stakes race tomorrow. The four horse across the board. Race five, the two horse across the board. And then race six. Which horse was that again in race six? The four horse. The four, the four horse. Stallone. What's his name? Stallone. Oh, Stallone. my God. Hey, right. hey, no doubt. Let's <laughs> you, go. You better <laughs> believe we're ha- I'm hammering that horse. We're Let's hammering go. that thing. I we're going to. Does it. he wear the colors? They have the, the, the green, red, and white? He just has a little bit of blood trickling down his cheek. Ah, that's all. Oh, that's all right. I love it. Jimmy, thanks, yeah. buddy. Have a great weekend. You got it, boys. Good luck. Jimmy! There's our guy Jim Miller, We got to bet Stallone. Oh, there's no question. I'm going on the app right when we're done. Absolutely. Uh, We'll give you our best plays a little bit later. We save those for the end of the show. A few more games we want to talk about. Colts-Titans, an interesting game inside the AFC South. Uh, Second matchup already. Second and final in the regular season for these two Mm -hmm. division rivals. Indy is... 16, this is what's interesting to me about, uh, as you know, we look at this game, they, they go on the road to Tennessee, where Tennessee's laying two and a half points. Indy is 16-12-2 against the spread as an underdog under Frank Reich. Pretty good. The team has gotten off to slow starts. Mike and I have discussed this. And maybe it's because they have constantly, every year, started with a new starting quarterback. Right. They've gone from Luck to Brissett to Rivers to Wentz and now to, to Matt Ryan. And we, Tennessee has dominated them of late. Dominated them. Mike's right. They've won, uh, I think, five of the last six. Mm-hmm. And they won a couple weeks ago in Indy. But we, I like Indy plus two and a half. I do, too. Weeks one through five have been a mess. All right. But week six on, the Colts have won two thirds of their games under Frank Reich. Since 2018, the only teams with more outright wins from week six through the end of the season are the Chiefs, the Saints, and 
the Packers. My, I'm, I want this line so badly to get to three. So do I. It's not going to happen, I don't think, because the news is positive on the Colts injury front. Looks like Shaq Leonard's going to play. Looks like Jonathan Taylor's going to play. Maybe if you want, you buy it up to minus three. I wish this line would go to three. I don't think it's going to. I still think the Colts could win this game outright, Mike. I think they can, too. Frank Reich under a little bit of heat right now. Ryan not uh, competing like they thought. They thought he was going to be the second coming of Matthew Stafford. That hasn't worked out. Big game for them. Tennessee's dominated them. Tannehill, uh, you know, they keep doubting. This guy, because he doesn't put up gaudy numbers, he just gets it done uh, when he gets the opportunity along with that team. Uh, but I- I'll tell you right now, I would sh- I would lean yeah. Indy right now. My lean is Indy with Mike yep. on this one. I think that's 100% right. Neither team stops the run particularly well, well, and both teams can run it, especially with Taylor coming back. If the Colts can get a lead and then run the ball, that would be huge in this game this weekend. Uh, let's take a look at a few of the big college games. Not a great Big Ten card, which I guess is not surprising considering the way the league has gone, really outside of Ohio State and Michigan. I'm not sure who's good, who's not. Minnesota right. coming off back-to-back losses with the Ooh. buy-in between as four-and-a-half and nine-point favorites, outright losses. Uh, Illinois did take some money before kickoff last week and then went out and won outright. Both teams will try to bounce back after disappointing showings last week. Uh, the Nittany Lions allowed Michigan to rush for over 400 oh. yards, Mike. Yeah, Mouse. I had Michigan. It was it was wow. great to see. They It was an 11 o'clock game, so I didn't put it down. But uh, I'll tell you what, they just dominated the line of scrimmage. I mean, they made Penn State look ordinary. And they, I think they're better totally. than that, but Michigan looked really, really good. That's why, you know, if this weren't a night game, one of those whiteout night games in Happy Valley, I think right. I'd be more bullish on the Golden Gophers. You gave up over 400 yards on the ground. Now you've wow. got to contain Muhammad Ibrahim this weekend. Good luck to you. Penn State uh, is facing a team that is top 10 in Minnesota in the country in average line yards and opportunity rate. I, I still think I lean a little bit here towards Minnesota. I'd like this game a lot more if it weren't a night game. In I don't now. know where I am with James Franklin. I really don't. I thought he'd be better than he has been. You know what I mean? I just, I don't, I, I mean, do you... I thought when they made the hire, it was a great hire. I think it still is, but I'm not, you know, I'm not there with them all the way. You know, I see what Bulimia did with the Illinois. Good Mm -hmm. for him, man. Yeah. I mean, that's that's huge. That's a huge win for them. So, you know, it it just the Big Ten to me right now. Yeah, like you said, look at P.J. Black. He ain't laughing no more. No, not He's anymore. Usually, usually very jovial. Not anymore. After back-to-back losses, right. I think this could be a sneaky spot here for Minnesota. It's like a sneaky good spot. So take it into consideration. Keep an eye on the injuries, folks, because both starting quarterbacks left their respective games last week. Sean Clifford got knocked out of the Michigan game. Tanner Morgan got knocked out of the Illinois game. So just watch that going into the game uh, Saturday night in Happy Valley. Uh, K-State and TCU, uh, I will tell you this, that I jumped on K-State early in the week when it was four and a half. It's down to K-State plus three and a half. Uh, Todd Furman gave this out as one of his best plays. His group is all over K-State. Um, I'll just tell everybody, I won't give it out as a best play because Furman already did, but I like the Wildcats a whole heck of a lot here. And if you say, why? TCU's been dominant. Offensively, Sonny Dykes has them rolling. They're playing at home. This is a fourth straight game for TCU against the top 20 opponent. There's got to be some natural letdown for 18, 19, 20-year-old kids. How many times can they get up for such a huge, important game? And 
extra time to prepare for the Wildcats. They've been a good dog under Chris Kleiman the last few years. And let's face it, Mike was stationed outside of Manhattan. <laughs> we always like betting K-State getting points, Mike. I love K-State. I remember Vince Gibson was the head coach there back in the day. I saw Steve Grogan come in uh, with K-State and get his head handed to him by Joe Washington and the Oklahoma Sooners back in 1973 at K-State when they had this archaic uh, miniature-like Soldier Field. Now they've had two new stadiums oh, since. Yeah. That's how long it's been. Manhattan. I love y'all. The, the, the bars were badly damaged back in that day. Uh, Aggieville, God bless y'all. But if I was going to go and just take a game contrarian, you and like I don't TCU think I, a little bit? you take TCU, everybody is on I Kansas know. State. And, 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 but yet you see the line go down. So it's a, it's a, if I'm not going to bet K-State, I usually stay away. Uh, but but TCU would be the contrarian pick for well, people. What a season TCU's put together so oh far. Oh, my you God. You do have to give them credit. Sonny Dykes, uh, you know, leaving SMU, crossing, uh, you know, going from Dallas to, to Fort Worth, I mean, really has done a tremendous job. SMU, SMU. You got to leave because sooner or later, you had trouble. Oh yeah, like me when I sooner or later, my dad's going to see one of my report cards. Exactly. You know what you I can't mean? Hide it forever. You Mike. can't hide it forever. That's it's exactly. time to move on. Exactly they go, place right. SMU. Have they done anything wrong lately? You know the death penalty. <laughs> they they just start to look. Out. Yeah, they're like, we better check in on we, SMU. We better check. Yeah, where's Sunday Dykes? He, oh, he's gone already. Okay. Left. When we come back, we'll give you a few more games that we can break down, and then we'll give you our best plays. Don't go anywhere, folks. We're coming right back. It's Mike and Carmen. We are the Odds Couple presented by Prop Swap. This is The Odds Couple with Carmen DeValco and Mike North on ESPN 1000. You're listening to The Odds Couple. ESPN 1000 and now on Digital FM at 100.3 HD2. Mike and Carmen with you every week on the ESPN Chicago app and ESPN 1000. We are the Odds Couple presented by PropSwap. We've talked about a lot of games. A few more here, and then we'll give you our best plays before we wrap this show. We'll get Randy's plays, too. Mm-hmm. Sunday night football features the Steelers and the Dolphins in Miami, where Miami is laying seven total in the game, is 44 and a half. Uh, I don't know if this is the, like, Tua revenge game because he's playing – a team that has Brian Flores on its coaching staff, and mm-hmm. he wants to stick it to Brian Flores. I don't know if it's the Brian Flores revenge game because of the way everything ended last year in Miami. I don't know if it's the Minka Fitzpatrick revenge game because he goes back down to the team that drafted him and then traded him, and he is trending for a return, folks. He practiced this week after missing last week's game. I don't know what it is, but it's slightly compelling Steelers and Dolphins now that Tua has cleared concussion protocol and he is back. Who knows if Kenny Pickett is going to clear concussion protocol. That's the other storyline. Yeah, I was happy for Mitch last week. 9 to 1,244 yards, hit three big third down plays last week. That last one was huge. Yeah, third and 11, third and 13, third and 15, pinpoint passing. So I was happy for him. Like I said, this is stay away from me. It grades out about even uh, as far as the two teams are concerned. Maybe uh, Pittsburgh uh, wins that 10 to 6 thing without taking Mitch out, and they'd be in better position like we talked about with the Bears. But Miami also has their guy back. Yeah, he's one hard hit away from being out for the year, though. Yes, he is. From what uh, from what I'm hearing, 
He didn't know who he was. That's what they said. They said he didn't even remember, right? I don't, I don't right. think he remembered, like, what happened in the immediate aftermath. He blacked Absolutely. out. Absolutely. So, uh, you know what? It should be interesting. It's a fun watch for me because it's Mitch and them, Pittsburgh, see how they bounce. Uh, I, you still don't know that the proposed that they had a locker room fight, which sounds out of character for Mitch. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dante Johnson, got, you know, who's dropped about five passes that I've seen this year, was complaining he wasn't seeing the ball enough, and I guess they had enough, and yet Mitch is the only one that got benched. So uh, we'll see where it stands to stay away from me. Every time we talk about the Steelers getting points, we give you the trend. Yep. Uh, who would ever thought that we'd get to a point where you'd see six times in seven games the uh, the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers getting points? Yep. But Tomlin's been really good in this spot. This team's not the same. It's quite frankly not as good. And without they T.J. Watt, they don't have Watt, the same quarterback. Not, they don't. They, they, and without T.J. Tomlin's Watt, they're just been not as good. good. You know what I found out? But, Tomlin's been good because of Ben. Yeah, it helps. It helps. <laughs> but a lot of really good defenses, yes, and I does. don't think they're as good. Yeah, absolutely. But he's still 47-28-5 all-time against the spread in this spot as a dog. That is better. That cover percentage is better than any team in the NFL since 2007. 2-2-1 against the spread as a dog so far this year. Uh, good game, I think, uh, between two conferences, interconference game between the Falcons, uh, interconference game, excuse me, uh, between the Falcons and the Bengals this weekend in Cincinnati, where Cincy is about a six-and-a-half-point favorite over Atlanta. One team, gentlemen, one team in the NFL, a perfect 6-0, and yep. undefeated against the spread. It is the Atlanta Falcons. They cashed for me and for the team, the odds couple, uh, as a best bet last week, not only mm-hmm. covering the spread but winning outright. They've just found great success with a very efficient running attack, even without Cordero Patterson. They're doing some good things in Atlanta right now, Yeah, Mike. and you know what? I mean, if you followed everybody's narrative, they were the worst team in football. I, I thought they were going to be at the start of the year, Absolutely. to be honest. So the nonsense, like I said earlier, about the Bears are supposed to be this way, that way the players don't care. They want to win. And they and they like the Bears. Atlanta's had good things go their way. This is I don't I never want to see Joe Burrow again after what he did to me last week with uh, <laughs> him and that Demar Chase ever. I don't want to see him for a while. I love the kid. I don't need to see him anymore. It's a stay away game for me though. Um, but Atlanta with Arthur Smith doing just a tremendous, tremendous. job, just yeah. tremendous job. All right, Mikey, what do you think? Should we give out some best plays here before we wrap yeah, this, Yeah, I want to bring up a guy that knows you, too. I got BB talked to a good friend of ours. I've known him since he was 19. I was 27, 28 years old at the time. Ron Onesti, who's a, a friend. Sure. Uh, talked to Ronnie this weekend. We were supposed to go see Chaz Palmateri, the Bronx Tale, but it's at 3 o'clock in the afternoon on a Sunday. Can't make it. Uh, but, Ronnie, I just want to say Ron. he was one of my first sponsors uh, when I got broker time. He used to uh, own a uniform store called Softball City. Now all he does is bring in acts at the Displains Theater in the Arcadia, like Paul Lanka, uh, you know, Chaz Palmentary. Check out the Arcadia Love Theater. It. Good friend. And Carmen's been with him, what, for four years? Yeah, absolutely. Love you the You had the, the meatball contest. You, gotta, you better believe it, man. <laughs> He's a great guy. <laughs> yes, he is. All right. We're going to go with some wins here. Okay? Let's uh, do enough it. is enough over I here. know. Let's do it. All right. I like the Phillies tonight in honor of Carmen and Yurko, oh, number you. one. I like Philadelphia. This is no kiss of death. It, it marked out good. Musgrove's going to get batted around tonight. Philadelphia, go Philadelphia ahead. Philadelphia minus 102 tonight. I absolutely love it, yes. Yep. Uh, all right, I'll give you an NFL game here. We didn't uh, talk about this one yet. Let's do it now. The Giants on the road in Jacksonville. Lord help me, I'm going to lay points with the Jacksonville Jaguars, but we're going to lay a field goal here. The Giants are 5-1. and one. Uh, I get it. They're still the 5-1 and one team that is getting points. What does that tell you, folks? The Giants' expected wins right now at this point, they're Pythagorean wins based on their 
scoring differential is a 3.2 win team, not a 5 win team. They've also been outgained this season. The Jags are better in scoring differential. They're better in average points per drive differential. Uh, overall yardage differential. They're top 10 in overall DVOA. The Giants rank 18th, and Saquon hurt his shoulder last week. Remember that. We saw him hurting. He's one hit away from maybe not being nearly as efficient. I love what Dayball and Kafka are doing. I think it's a great story, but I think uh, the run ends this weekend in terms of another victory for the Giants. I'm going to go with the Jags minus three against the G-Men. Now, I'm going to go more than two or three games here because I had some luck on my Bears bar room by picking. I picked 13 games, finished above 500. We're not going to do that. But the next pick I have is the Bears plus the eight. All against right. New England. Grades heavily the Bears' way, Carm. Bears plus eight. Okay, we're going to go to a college game for everybody. Texas and OK State. Oh, you know how much I love Gundy getting points. 19-7 and seven against the spread as a dog since 2015. But we're not going to look at the side this week. I think uh, Texas is really the, not even like maybe a little bit better, I think a much better team than Oklahoma State. But we're going to look at the under. We're going to go under 61 in this game. Uh, A lot of it based on some of the weather conditions that are going to be happening throughout northern Texas uh, and the Plains this weekend. They're talking about 30 to 35 mile an hour gusts in Stillwater for this game tomorrow afternoon. And Spencer Sanders hurt his shoulder last week. That could be concerning. It could really affect any type of passing that the Cowboys do in that game tomorrow. And I just think Texas is awfully good and ready to rock and roll. So I love Gundy. I'm not going to take the points and I'm not going to fade him this week, but we're going to play under 61 in the Texas-Oklahoma State game. Beautiful. Also, Indianapolis play. Plus two and a half. TCU Contrarian plus four, just going against the grain. Okay. Uh, Charlotte tonight plus seven NBA and over Blackhawk six. Over Blackhawk six. I love it. You just delivered a heat like a five pack. I have about five or six pack go home and then. but don't play every game, folks. But those, I just want to show everybody what can happen if you play more than two, three games. I doubt I'll have a winning week. Just pick out the right games because it's about choices. And then again, you got no more to give us, right, Carl? I'm going to stick with those two. Yep. Stick with those two. I step out like a goof to see what happens. And what about Randy? I feel like Stat Boy first. I'm like you said, uh, TCU plus four. It's minus four. Just make yeah, sure. Yeah, TCU minus four. Oh, did I? Oh, sorry. Yeah. Just want to make sure. I knew what he meant. Yeah, yes. okay. But just yeah, make okay. Sure. You gotcha. These, okay, minus you know four. These people are, Mike. It's yes, really I absolutely. Thank you, my friend. Right, three so and, I'm, and a half. I'm going to do. T- I'm going to do two here. Right. Uh, okay. I'm going to do Memphis. I they won for me last week. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, plus seven. I had them on the money line. Killer Thank loss. Very much. Killer loss. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you, Elvis. <laughs> and my other game, I'm forgetting right now. Let's go. With Purdue, Purdue on the road against my Badgers. Against your Badgers. Yeah, wow. The what are they getting, two and a half? You two and a half, yeah. You can, oh, my God. Yeah. You well, can't you know, go against be the happy family. They, they win by one, you know? Yeah, Wisconsin whatever. wins by one, and Randy's a happy camper. So there you go. Absolutely. You talk about, the, I mean, college to me right now, I don't know. I'm Alabama, I, is it really a masterpiece when there's 1,200 yards of offense? God, it was a fun game, though. How, about, know, a de- how about some a defense? Though? I don't know if it was a masterpiece, but damn, it was fun. That's it was fun. Sure. It was a lot of fun. All right, uh, great stuff as always uh, from Randy Merkin. Thank you so much for getting the podcast up. Thank you to Luke Pergandy and Jim Miller. Everybody have a wonderful weekend. Enjoy all the football. Happy wagering, and we'll see everybody next week, Mike. So long, everybody. This is The Odds Couple on ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports.